the action, it's your reaction. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson, and Gordon Diel are all here and they want to take your calls. What have you made of today's football? Rangers fans, first up, that was the early game. Not many people saw this one coming. A defeat at Tanadice. Where did it go wrong? What did you make of it? Talk us through the individuals, the team, the manager, how this follows on from Malmo, how it sets you up for Malmo, whatever you think, pick up that phone and let us know. 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. The three o'clock games, Hearts beating St Mirren 2-1 in Paisley. Then tomorrow, what a fixture card. Tomorrow, Celtic Dundee, Hibs Ross County, Livy Aberdeen and St Johnston Motherwell. Should James McCarthy start? Valange Postacoglu get his first league win? There is a lot to discuss, so pick up that phone. 0141 951 1025. Right, let's give you a quick rundown of the full time scores to kick us off in the Scottish Premiership. Dundee United 1, Rangers 0, St Mirren 1, Hearts 2. In the Championship, Air 2 are both 2, Dunfermline 0, Partick Thistle 3, Hamilton Ackies 0, Morton 1, Inverness 1, Wraith Rovers 0, and Queen of the South 0, Kilmarnock 1. In League 1, Alloa 3, East Fife 1, Dumbarton 2, Airdrie 2, Falkirk 2, Peterhead 1, Montrose 2, Clyde 2, and Queen's Park 2, Cove Rangers 0, Albion Rovers 2, Stenhouse Muir 2, into League 2, Cowdenby 3, Elgin City 1, Forfar Athletic 2, Edinburgh City 0, Stirling Albion 1, Kelty Hearts 3, and Stranraer 0, Annan Athletic 3. Well, the story of the day uh, is a, a double-sided coin. In the west of Scotland, it's about Rangers, a European defeat followed by a domestic league defeat. Steven Gerrard knows that his team are not playing well and they have the multi-million pound side stake match against Malmo to come on Tuesday night at Ibrox. In the east of the country... Hearts, the newly promoted club Six points from a possible six Top of the league tonight Congratulations to Robbie Nielsen And all concerned That's a great start for them So one team on a high The other team low in conference at the moment But needing to find it rapidly Yeah I think obviously the story of the day is at Tanadice um, Because obviously the big thing is Rangers with that great record over the past year, 17 months or so, and then it coming to an end where we obviously didn't expect it to. Now, I don't think Rangers fans will be up in arms and think all is lost, but we still have to highlight it. You know, Rangers not getting off to the start of the season that they thought, and how do they react against Malmo on Tuesday night? It's a huge game. Rangers fans have huge expectations. They have the Champions League so close, but... It isn't looking good at the minute Does Steven Gerrard have enough in his squad to get through that tie? And plenty to get excited about tomorrow as well Gordon Yeah out of the eight teams Six looking for their first uh, three points First victory Gordon A lot of good fixtures there Celtic at home You'd imagine that they would have enough in their locker to beat Dundee You've asked the question Jane McCarthy will he play will he start I certainly think he should if he's fit enough to play, then get him in right away. It's a great opportunity. I think Celtic will probably dominate most of the ball tomorrow and uh, it gets them settled in. There'll be a good crowd at Celtic Park as well. Uh, St Johnston coming back home from a, got a terrific result. 
terrific against a Motherwell side that was very entertaining against Hibs at home last week, but unfortunately lost. And then you've got Aberdeen going quite well. Tricky one at Livingston. And um, I'm just trying to think who the last one is. Hibs Ross County. So it's a very, very good card tomorrow. It'll be a lot of good games and I'm sure we'll get a lot of goals. Let's go then. 01419511025. Thomas is a Rangers fan first through tonight. Thomas, what did you make of that one at lunchtime? Afternoon, Gordon. I um, a couple of causes for concern following on from the Marvel game. The thing about today, first of all, um, I had a friend who was sort of putting the blame on Morelos and Itton for um, not doing much up front. However, you, you can only play with the service that you're given, and basically they were given absolutely no service. I thought our midfield was absolutely woeful, uh, including the, the boy Lundstrom number four. There was just nothing coming middle to front and then we started doing that crossing into the middle up against Mulgrew who was having a terrific game and was winning everything in the year. Do you know, we had to sort of try and change the tactics. My main concern, however, though, that's now two games and three schoolboy goals lost. Um, regardless of whether Rangers scored or didn't score today, that goal they lost, it was just a comedy of errors um, between Lundstrom letting that boy go past him and then uh, Goldson being caught out and it was the same against Malmo. Okay, we didn't play great going forward, but you know, two glaring errors in the defence allowing such three goals against with respect, not the greatest teams, not the greatest attacks, and that gives cause for concern. Right through the middle, the goals. Well, yeah, there's a quick some good points made. Some I'm sure Rangers fans will agree with a lot of it, Gordon. Let's start with the, with the goals conceded then Because this was a team that was built on solid foundations last season Conceded hardly any in the league um, Very hard to break down There were games where we were witnessing the opposition Not even getting shots at goal mm-hmm. Thomas is starting to know It's just in a couple of games So it's a small sample that the goals conceded are, are soft Is that fair? Um, yeah, I agree with that You look at against Mammo the other night Golson, who I voted for my player of the year I thought he was outstanding Every minute of every game um, <clears throat> I look at today's goal And as much as Thomas is uh, laying the blame At Lindstrom and, and Golson, uh, You've got to get right back to the start Ryan Kent Who is a magnificent talent Gives the ball away so cheaply for uh, Dundee United to go and then start their attack. They get a little bit of the luck off Davis, uh, flicks off Davis. But then Lundstrom doesn't go with the runner. Golson's caught as well. And it's just too easy. But you've got to give all the credit in the world to young Bobby Robson's great goal for him. Terrific. I, do, I is concerned because... They're that used to clean sheet after clean sheet. You could hardly get a shot against Rangers. Now teams will look at Rangers just now on early forum. Remember, and I'm including every team in this, it's early forum. You would fancy your chances to score against Rangers. Yeah, I don't think Goldson has started the season well at all. Uh, I think he's looked shaky at times. Misplaced passes. Um, could point the finger at him for a couple of goals, I suppose. Maybe harsh today to point the finger at him because it did loop over him, but certainly in midweek. Um, and I don't think it's anything to do with his contract. We we chatted about this on Thursday. I don't think that comes into it. But he's just sometimes players have a bit of poor form. And Golson was absolutely terrific last season, and he's one of the reasons why Rangers were so difficult to play against, so difficult to get a shot at Alan McGregor because he was there marshalling that back four. But you can see um, early 
uh, in the season here that teams are having a go at them. Um, maybe not Livy, but certainly Dundee United in the early part of the game had a go at them, pressed them high. So they're coming up against different challenges, Rangers. Rangers just steamroller teams last year. They found ways of beating them, but it's going to be one of the challenges Stephen Gerrard and his backroom team are going to come up against. Teams playing in a different way to try and get better results. And there we go, two games in, and it's worked. One of the first things that Stephen Gerrard said after the defeat in Sweden was that he wanted the Ibrox crowd to try to roar Rangers over the line in the return leg. I think that will be an important factor and how Malmo react to a full house Ibrooks, which it will be. However, fans can't score at one end and keep them out at the other. Rangers have to take their chances if and when they arise and they also have to be defensively more uh, aggressive than they were today and they were in Sweden. It's a multi-million pound package available here and it would come as a tremendous shock to everyone at Rangers from the boardroom to the dressing room if they did not get that multi-million pound package from the Champions League so the pressure is on Rangers on Tuesday. Thomas, you mentioned John Lundstrom I remember you singling him out is that we were saying earlier there's a bit of a difficult balance here because it's so early um, and maybe it's unfair to completely judge players But it's also You're just talking about what you're witnessing with your own eyes And he probably has struggled to get up to The Rangers kind of usual level so far Would that be fair? Yeah, I wouldn't say we would write off any player Or a Goldson or Lindstrom at this early juncture in the season It's just an observation at this point that, uh, As well as writing that boy goes I mean, I take what Gordon says on board He's bang on, that was a terrible pass from Kane but that ball was picked up by Dundee United kind of midway in their own half and they went through. The word that Hugh used was aggression. That boy went through the Rangers' uh, midfield and defence, got beyond the, the, the back four, basically without a challenge. And that was one of the things I noticed was lacking today was aggression. Um, the 50-50s, the 60-40s. Dundee United were winning all of them. They were going for it full, full-blooded. We weren't. And that was to me, that was the big difference. And I don't know if the addition of if the, the midfield balance isn't quite right. Um, I'd like to see Scott Wright play. He's been their sort of standout this season so far, and I was surprised to see him not start. He, perhaps that would have added a wee bit of something, I don't know what. Possibly in place of a rebel, who didn't actually shine either. Um, but I think the midfield balance, just now looking at it, is not right. We didn't create a chance, really, of note. And it's unfair to think like Morelos and Nitton, I think, for you not taking them. There was no service to them whatsoever. I, to- I totally agree with that statement about the midfield balance. It's okay to say after a game, but we did say during it. The one thing I thought Rangers played into Dundee United's hands today, they played everything in front of them. They didn't have the usual. Like I, I agree whether it was right. I would have brought right on earlier, or I brought an Arfield on earlier. Someone to get in behind and stretch the defence. Dundee United had every everything in front. They had no threat in behind. They didn't turn the centre backs. Didn't turn the full back. Ken, we touched on it in the program. Usually you see Kent coming in the park, and then he'll make that great run. And usually they find them And it stretches defences That didn't happen today for Rangers It really didn't happen today I don't know if that was just down to the fact That Dundee United Right from the word go Were in their faces Pressed them very high up the pitch uh, Didn't let them settle on the ball But when that happens away from home 
With the quality Rangers have got, you've got to have a game plan to say, right, let's mix it up. A rebo, I was another one. I, I agree uh, with Thomas. I thought a rebo was very, very quiet indeed. Kent didn't have his greatest game. Morelis was in there to get up to speed, get the fitness. We all know what Morelis brings to the table. Um, I thought I, I was, I was, I was surprised that the substitute Lundstrom for right wasn't made early. Let's hear from the manager Thomas You can hang on and, and listen Well we do Stephen Gerrard had this to say at full time hey, From our point of view not enough Not good enough um, I don't think we Over the course of the 90 minutes I'm not sure we deserve to lose the game But you always give yourself uh, Or you always put yourself in that position If you don't go and score goals Away from home our quality What we created today It wasn't enough And um, whilst the game's at 0-0 You've always got that risk If you get one, one thing wrong Or a couple of things wrong you know that goal can come so um, the result and the performance is on me me and my team and we'll, we'll have to accept that and move on pretty quickly I've got belief and confidence in all my attacking players that we can go anywhere and score goals of course I have but that's when they're at the best that's when they're at the best and that's when we show quality and um, and we force that breakthrough at places like this um, credit to Dundee they defended really well um, so if we don't create enough and then um, we don't create clear cut chances that's on me and that's on us I think when you when you face a setback it's a chance to reset and um, give some people some home truths and, and analyse of course that's what you do as a manager but at the moment we've got no time to feel sorry for ourselves and be too down we've got to try and pick this team up in this squad up. we've got a massive game in three days time but we're certainly going to need a, a higher and a better level of performance to get that done in a perfect world you want to go in full of confidence on the back of a really strong away performance but unfortunately we couldn't produce that today um, so it's a bigger job for me, me and my staff. We need to get round the boys, pick them up and get them in the best place we can on Tuesday night. Um, different competition, but this is a moment to reset and um, get themselves ready for this big game. Thomas, do you still have faith that this is, you know, it's just a blip and it might be totally blown away on Tuesday or are the makings of, you know, something a, a bit more concerning there for you? No, it's, it's, it's basically two bad games. They were playing good night, but it's not going to make a season. Um, I, I don't think the panic button needs to be hit. Yeah, and listen to Steve, I heard that interview already And he actually picks up on everything that, that we've been saying He's making the point that if we don't score goals You're leaving yourself open to basically what happened Three sloppy goals at the back, they can happen at any time And the thing I also liked, what he said was um, I think he's identifying where the faults are Although he's not, he's not the type of manager who's going to come up and single out players But the way he said, there's a, a, we need to have words with certain players You know, point things out to them I think that's Steve's way of saying he's identified the mistakes that we've all identified and that he's, he's going to hopefully sort it out before before Tuesday. And I think, I, I would hate to think we're going to get three bad defensive performances like that in a row. I don't think that's Stevie Gerrard's Rangers team. I mean, Hugh, on one hand, there's so such a long way to... In the words of Gordon DL, if you're going to lose a game, lose it early uh -huh. in the season. You've plenty of time to make up for it. But there will be frustration. You, you know the way Glasgow operates. Celtic uh, Rangers fans would have seen this as a great chance to be six points ahead Celtic and put an extra bit of pressure on them tomorrow. Yeah, again, I go back to my two worlds theory. In the, the parochial world, uh, the Rangers fans are annoyed because Celtic's defeat at Tynecastle means nothing at all if Celtic beat Dundee tomorrow. They go back level with Rangers. In the bigger world, we cannot help the fact that while it's early in the season, this tie with Malmo carries a multi-million pound side stake And it's money that Rangers want and want badly So 
whether it's mid-August or not, you, you just have to face up to the fact that that's the way the game rolls. They need to win against Malmo or else today's headlines, if you think they're big, wait until Wednesday morning. Yeah, I suppose, Gordon, that everything about the reaction to a result sort of goes back to expectation because you know you either build yourself up um, or you've got no hopes at all. You know, look at Dundee United, for instance. Everyone was talking about how Thomas Courts is a risky appointment and how they were terrible against Aberdeen and you know all the rest of it. On the flip side, Rangers were absolutely flying. They didn't lose a league game last season. They were going to pick up where they left off. So it's, it's when you add the context, and that's why it feels like such a surprise today. Yeah, and it's obviously standards that Rangers have reached um, in the last year or so. And it's just expectation of, right, we're going to Dundee United, we're going to Tanadise, they had a poor performance against Aberdeen. Uh, look at the team we've got, it's strong. And it doesn't, football doesn't work that way. I, I, I totally agree with what everybody's saying about, I don't think there's a, let's hit the panic button here. Rangers have got a squad full of real top, top players. Um They've not got off to the start that they really wanted. Uh, Tuesday does add a bit of pressure. There's no doubt in that. Um, but all of a sudden, you go on Tuesday, you get a result, and everything's rosy in the garden again. But it's just all about standards. And you look at Rangers today, you look at them against Malmo, they're not as sharp defensively. They're not... Um, you, you fancy your chances to get something against them. But that just takes time. It's just a start of a new season. And I keep going back to it. All clubs will be the same. Some will hit the ground mm. running very quickly, i.e. hearts. Others will take time. Okay, 0141 Thank you to Thomas for kicking things off tonight. Any other Rangers fans out there? Do you agree or disagree with what you're hearing? What did you make of today's defeat at Tanadice? Where did it go wrong? What about the bigger picture of the game against Malmo and the league campaign which is to follow? And what about tomorrow then? Celtic fans Would you start James McCarthy Yes or no Do you pitch him straight in Do you give him more time To get up to speed What else are you hoping for From the team Against Dundee tomorrow Let us know We'll hear from Ange Postacoglu And you next The games are over The talking begins 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line it's that time of the night where we turn to you to get your thoughts on all of the big talking points. Mark Wilson, Hugh Keevans and Gordon DL are here. They're waiting to hear from you though, whether it's reaction to today's game, preview for tomorrow, whatever you want, pick up that phone and talk to us. 01419511025. You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB. Clearly the big talking point from today is Dundee United won Rangers nil. It was Jamie Robson with the winning goal. Dundee United ending Rangers run. Of 40 Premiership games unbeaten So uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite the day And hopefully we've got an equally dramatic day to come tomorrow I can see lots of tweets coming in here as well At Clyde SSB um, Mighty says Can't believe how much Dundee outclassed Rangers today I'm <laughs> assuming there's a United in there Although I heard Stephen Gerrard he, he keeps missing out the United and it's um, it's only been here <laughs> three years. Interviews. Um, Doctor Funk, well deserving of their three points, says uh, in in reference to Dundee United. Uh, Isabel says before you guys start writing off Rangers, it's not the end of the world. Last season, Rangers had a job to do. Such a big shock. We'll see what Celtic does tomorrow. 
Um, and yeah, that's that's obviously part of the the story. There's a lot of football to be played tomorrow as well. Let's hear from Ange Postecoglou. Celtic up against Dundee tomorrow. Good game for us because um, we were disappointed last week uh, with the way the game ended. Obviously, away at Hearts, and it's important for our league campaign that at home we we put in a strong performance and 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 we get a result because um, again, if we're going to you know have success this year, we, we've got to start winning games on a frequent basis. Um, it won't be a full half on Sunday, but there'll still be, you know, I think, 25-odd thousand in there. Yeah, you know, it'll be a good challenge. Done there, a good side. Hard showed last week um, that, you know, every team's going to be a nice to crack, but we, we've just got to make We continually stick to our football. And when we do that, in every game, when we've sort of played in those periods where we've controlled the game the way I want to, we've looked really good. We just haven't been able to do it consistently. Okay, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five is the number. Sean in Blantyre has dialed. How are you feeling about that game against Dundee tomorrow, Sean? Yeah, yeah, I'm quite quite confident, mate. I think um, after the performance during the week, it's obviously been a big change and a lot more positive. Um, I guess what I'm <laughs> sorry, my voice going in the background. Um, <laughs> I think one of the things that I'm I'm what you find out your opinion on two two things. So firstly. Obviously, you can't write off Rangers uh, on one result. But that's, I wouldn't imagine that's going to reflect anything their season today's result. But do you know that's a lifeline that Celtic probably needed? And, and it's, it's going to be like that kind of change in mentality after that result. Hugh, I know you're big into that sort of thing, the psychology yeah. of it all. Yeah, uh, I go back to my parochial world theory. In the parochial world, Celtic feed off any Rangers misery. And Rangers feed off any Celtic misery. So is that more of a, is that more of a fan thing though? I mean, oh, sure, yeah. yeah, surely it's yeah. too early for Ange Post. I mean, after two games, the manager's not going right, guys. They lost, you know, we can cough. No, but the, but the, the crowd tomorrow, twenty five thousand of them will be uh, feeding off the the Rangers defeat today. Uh, last Saturday night, the Celtic fans would have been demoralised. Their uh, Rangers supporting pals would have been giving them uh, plenty of verbals. Uh, and this Saturday night The Celtic supporters will be Repaying the compliment And it'll put an extra edge On tomorrow's game against Dundee That is our wee world And it it holds good Now As it has held good in the past The Celtic fans Will be very happy To see Rangers lose today And say well What about them? They've had their defensive frailties That's two games in a row lost If it was Celtic There'll be big headlines And that's correct So Rangers having lost An important uh, European tie And this match Ending a 40 game Domestic run of Matches without defeat Celtic fans will be saying Well It's time for Rangers To take a, a bit of criticism As much as it's so early In the season Hugh Where I agree with you A little bit Is Even If Rangers had to win today it's, I fancy Celtics Only tomorrow Let's be honest You're still chasing uh-huh. Right, you're chasing again. Rangers with them saying, "Tomorrow, Celtic won the game three points. That's level points. They're not chasing psychologically. You, you know, everybody expects a big season again out of Rangers because of the quality of squad players and the way they went about their business last season. And I still think that'll be the case. So you don't want to right from the off be chasing them all the time no. at weekend, week out. Mm. So that result today, 
listen, if you're set of all with Celtic, that's a terrific result for you because go beat Dundee tomorrow and the league you're off and running, it's level points, you ain't chasing them again. I will say this to Sean and every other Celtic supporter, man, woman, child. The biggest problem was that Celtic as a club went into three and a half months of hibernation when we're waiting for Eddie Howe and doing no transfer business whatsoever. So when Ange Postacoglu comes in, he is forced to bring in players, absorb players on the hoof. And that's a tough job for any manager. How are you feeling about where the team is at at the moment, Sean, in terms of the other night? was It was the obvious... Conversation that followed Where going forward People were happy with what they saw And there were some concerns at the back I think the manager himself said as much How, how do you feel the team's coming along at the moment? I think you can, you can clearly see that They're trying to create an identity To the style of playing Personally I think football teams need that style You can't just go in the park and hope That it all goes together So it's, it's quite evident But <clears throat> I do think there's still a couple of things needed I, I don't think there's anything there planet would disagree with that but the one thing that I, or the one signing that I would have quite liked the club to make to be honest would have been Kevin Nisbet and I feel as though it's something that's probably I think throughout pundits and fans alike it's spoken about a lot but I feel as though it's something that's never seems to have been spoken at, at a serious level and again just a bit curious as to why I think he's probably the, one of the hottest prospects in the league certainly well, what do you make of that? Well, well funny enough me and, me and Daz were having a chat in the office earlier on and uh Chatting about one or two players And Kevin Nisbet's name came up I'm a fan of Kevin Nisbet I think he's a terrific young player I think he's served his apprenticeship At the lower levels But has shown that he can score goals Consistently At each club he goes to He stepped up a level Showed he can handle it that Stepped up to international level Scored goals as well You put him in a team with better players He gets more chances He knows where the net is You know he even sees finish last week For Hibs goal The one that uh, Dodge puts in you know, off the post, you know, very cool. Uh, and I think Celtic could do worse than, than put a bid in for him. By next Saturday, I don't think you'll find that Odds and Edward will still be at the club. It's between Birmingham and Southampton, eh, Brighton and Southampton. Uh, therefore, there's an even greater need because Lee Griffiths has problems with uh, the Celtic supporters, and that gives Ange Postacoglu a problem. Uh, um, Furuhashi, we don't know whether he's an out-and-out striker. They do need a striker, maybe even more than one. And the money is certainly there. Celtic have brought in fortunes this season off the transfer market. Jeremy Frimpong, Christopher Iyer, if uh, Edward goes, more money, even though PSG have to get their cut. There's money there, and they badly need on a striker. Top of, on top of that, Hugh, you're looking at a Yeti that at the beginning of the new manager's reign you're thinking well he's getting an opportunity it's quite clear to me now that yeah. he doesn't fancy him and if Edward does go and Hugh's right that obviously Griffiths will be back in training whatever I certainly think they need to go and get a centre forward I'm yeah. with Mark I would go and bust a bank for a boy I was interested to hear from Keith Lasley last night it is just another man's opinion but someone who then you know Last as recently as last week as part of a coaching team that has to come up with a game plan to stop him and you see him up close he said that seeing him up close he actually feels like he's, he's better than he thought you know ra- rather than um, any suggestions because we do this that people are, are overhyping him or anything like that he, he went the opposite way he actually thinks that when you see him up close when your team comes up against him or whatever 
He's actually better than, than what you might expect Yeah I think when you see his attributes and, and you look at everything he's got You know Quite big, bigger than I thought actually Decent in there Can handle himself Strongly he's back to goal But quick as well And as I said Very cool in front of goal I think he's got all the attributes You need to be a good striker mm. For Celtic And like I say Pitch him in With better players Who are creating chance After chance for him I mean Years gone by Celtic Dipped into the Scottish market And was very successful Scott McDonald Springs to mind Always He came to the club People oh, He's not a Hollywood signing If you like And use words But he scored consistently I think it was over 20 goals a season um, and that's what you need to do when you're a Celtic striker. So I, I think Nisbet he scored goals everywhere he's went. Mark, he started in the Championship. He's Ray Throwers done fairly. Well, League One then Championship. League One, yeah. Uh, so he's he's worked his way up. He's went in the Premier League. Question marks always. Can he do it there? He's been sensational with Hibs, Scotland call up. I think it's a no-brainer. I really do. There have been big signings, Sean. James McCarthy being one of them. Would you pitch him straight in tomorrow? I I think it's probably a good opportunity to you'd expect. I think you mentioned earlier they expect Celtic to be dominating the ball dominating the game so they'll probably not get much better opportunity to, to get a feel for it in front of the fans so I, I think it, I think I would to be honest with you but then on the flip side of that you wonder how much does that disrupt the style and what they're already doing because obviously you've got McGregor you've got Sorrow you've got Turnbull and I actually think Christie deserves a place in the team the way he's been playing as well so it's, it's very competitive in that, that midfield three yeah, as Mark, there was an emergency feel about Carl Starfeld. There was an emergency feel about Joe Hart. That's why they went straight in. So what that does show you is that Ange Postecoglou is willing. You know, he, he won't shy away from it. But I wonder if he needs to to play James McCarthy the way he needed to pitch those other guys in. Probably doesn't need to as much as he needed those guys because it was quite clear where the weakness in Celtic was. I mean, Celtic in the midfield area, McGregor. I think he's been very good since he got the armband. Sorrow, yeah, I think he looks decent alongside him. I still think McCarthy may come in and place a sorrow. I think that's what he's been signed for. Not going to sign it's him. The best opportunity, to yeah. Mark. You're playing a t- uh, you're playing a team that's come up uh, from the championship. You're playing them at home. You've come off a good result. It's a new signing. Twenty five thousand fans in at Celtic Park. If the boys get him in, whether it lasts 60, 70 that's all pluses. He's a good player, an experienced player. Get him in there Celtic will dominate Most of the ball tomorrow I would be playing him All day long I mean Sean The the, the long term plan For you Is that James McCarthy Replaces Ismail Sorrow Is that the way You see it panning out I, th- I think so I think Sorrow Is probably not quite At that That level yet Where I, did. I, th- I don't think You can rely on him Week in week out I think Yeah A lot of energy Does a lot of good But still A bit rough Around the edges I think I play like McCarthy Coming in just a bit of a Rolls Royce to be honest. I'd expect the level he's been playing at, he should be able to stand out. I, I look at Steve Davis on the other side, so um, I I think he would be the long term replacement once he's up to speed. Yeah, you've seen this clip that's doing the rounds, by the way, of James McCarthy, and someone's noticed that he's obviously he's lost the, the Castle Milk accent a wee bit, been down uh, the road, which is fine. That can happen. And uh, people point out on Twitter he, he sounds really like Brendan Rodgers Have you seen this? I'm going to play it right Close your yeah. eyes and tell me If this is Brendan Rodgers or James McCarthy Celtic under 17s at one point Or you trained with him? Is that, is that Yeah, I was, I was training I uh, played a couple of games here and there and... <laughs> It's uncanny It is uncanny <laughs> The way as so well the, the, the sort of emphasis here and yeah. that was brilliant I, I, I listened to that over and over When I saw it on Twitter last night <laughs> But, uh, you know, he's there 
Never mind his accent He's there for strength of character Which is what Celtic require now um, They've been found wanting uh, Too many times And they need People of character And the fact that he's a lifelong Celtic supporter I think always helps uh, A dream for him to play for Celtic And uh, you know Sean on the line spoke about Not wanting to disrupt the system um, But I think He is Going to be part of the system, so the sooner he gets started, the better. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, he's he's one of the signings that I've you know sat up and took attention of and thought, yeah, that's that's the proper start of the rebuild. I've always liked him, and when I've seen him playing at the top level in England, he's always held his own. Um, now I know he's had injuries, but I still think he's at an age that he's got. A good number of years in him And it's the experience He brings to that middle of the park I like Soro I think Soro's a good player And a good prospect But I think like Sean's saying For every single game Maybe it would be too much for him So I think McCarthy Will play tomorrow And he will prove To be a good signer Okay 01419511025 Thank you to Sean That was a pleasure Hopefully we'll do it again soon Perfect time for you To get your calls in We could be speaking to you next After they play you have your say 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard's open line Into the final part of today's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL Still here though, we've not put them off They want to take your calls between now and just before 6 o'clock 0141-951-1025 Let's go back and see what Chris in Rosyth has got for us Chris, as a Celtic fan you can pick up where your previous um, Celtic fan left off. Signings coming in. James McCarthy, should he play tomorrow? How do you feel about the game coming up? Uh, good evening, Gordon. Hiya, guys. How are you all? Hope you all well. Um, I think it's a brilliant signing, Gordon. I think we're a, quite a young squad now. I think a lot of experience is left middle to front. Um, Scott Brown especially being the, you know, the key man in the middle of the park. And I think bringing somebody like James McCarthy in, um, you know, he's played the cards for Ireland. He's played over... You know, 250 games in the Premiership at a high level. You know, 13 million pound move to Everton. I think he's had a few injury problems, but he has played 49 games in the last two years for Crystal Palace. So he's, you know, he's not really missed too much football. And I just think him coming in and dovetailing with the likes of McGregor with Turnbull in front of him in a midfield three is definitely the way forward. I said to your, your producer there, I think Soros done nothing wrong. Um, but I just think, you know, if you're substituting Soros for the James McCarthy, it's night and day, you know, experience, talent, ability. And I think he's an old head And I think he's a fantastic piece of business For Celtic Especially with a free transfer Has there been a turnaround Chris Because I feel like Sorrow got a lot of credit When he came into the team last season Has that changed? Why are people suggesting He has to be the one that, that drops out? I just think we McCarthy being a CDM um, So Sorrow You're not going to play both of them And obviously you're not going to drop Callum McGregor And I think Andrew's quite openly said He wants to play a 4-3-3 With three central players David Turnbull's been a little bit hit and miss. I don't think he's hit the heights of last season, but I think he's still very creative and you know can create opportunities like he did for the the fourth goal. Uh, sorry, the third goal on um, uh, Wednesday night. Um, so I start Thursday night. I still think that he has a key part to play, and I just think Sorrow by default will be the only natural one to drop out of the team. I think he was good last year. I think when Scott Brown wasn't in the team, Sorrow came in was brilliant. I think he had about ten, eleven games on the bounce. He was really good. I don't know if it was player pressure, fan pressure that Scott Brown came back in again and Soro can he, you know, spend the rest of the season on the sidelines. And I do think he's only playing this year due to necessity because there's not really anybody else that can play that role. Now James McCarthy's there, I think you know he's he's going to take that 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 position in the middle of the park. 
Is it ever is it ever too early in the season, Chris, to buy into that? You know, well, Rangers lost today, and that's great for Celtic, and you you try and capitalise on that. Is it ever too early for that sort of stuff? I don't think so, Gordon. I mean, there's 38 games in the season, and obviously we went 38 games without Rangers losing a game last year. So for them to have dropped three points the second game of the season on the back of us losing at Tynecastle last Saturday, I think it is um, really important. Obviously, I watched you know I watched their game today. Um, I didn't see the Malmo game, but I was just your producer there. I think it's really, really, um, I would say, relevant. That 17 months ago, James Tevenier was in the programme saying we can't play in front of fans, you know, against on top of us, it's too much for us, it's too much pressure. And then they go a whole season last year, fantastic, no crowds there, no pressure, can play their free-flowing football, nobody's booing if they make a mistake, five minutes in. And then straight away this year, they play a mile more away, there's been mistakes by Goldston, Tevernier. Again today, you know, defensively they make mistakes, so I'm just wondering if, Maybe people made too much last year of how amazing they were, which, you know, they won a season on beating's fantastic, but we've already seen four games in two days when there's a loud crowd and a bit of pressure, a bit more expectancy, there's mistakes being made, and I think that'll carry on for the season, so, no, it's not too early to say that's a massive result for Celtic, it's only a massive result if we go and beat Dundee tomorrow, um, but I think, you know, there's positive signs for Celtic, but we can only concentrate what we need to do, but I think it's going to be a lot more open this season than what people actually think. Yeah, we've not heard the end of that one You know, no. Rangers were good last season If they're not as good this season People will say, ah, that's proof That, that they, yeah. they they can't handle it. it's, cert- it's certainly not proof Because you, you can't prove that We will no. never know People can hold their theories What do you, what do you think? Like, I, I've got a funny feeling people are going to raise this oh, yeah, Time and time again But they can raise it as, as long as they like uh, If Rangers continue to drop points However I think we're overlooking the main issue for Celtic right now. It's not James McCarthy or Sorrow or the midfield at all. It is the fact that Celtic at the back are miles short of what they need to be. Rangers, that'll need to take care of itself. Celtic need to consider that they need uh, someone besides Starfelt. They need to hope that Starfelt improves and they need possibly... Two fullbacks, uh, and that area of the side that they lost two to Hearts, followed that up by losing two to uh, a side from the Czech Republic who were not top drawer. It will remain a problem until Ange Postecoglou can get Celtic to sort out recruitment and get some signings done here. Uh, as I say, Rangers and the subject of Rangers and crowds. We'll see how that develops. We've got a big test. In front of their own crowd on Tuesday We'll see how that develops But Celtic Looking at Celtic in isolation They need to get that defence sorted out Or They can't go far I mean Mark I'm not sure how we're And like I say That's that's fine for, for Chris and others to have the theory It will be a common one How we're ever meant to really know Whether The crowd is having an impact on Rangers Or They're quite simply not as good as they were last season Because teams Form fluctuates People's form fluctuate. I don't know how we'll ever know um, But yeah Like I said to you I don't think We've heard the end of that suggestion no, I don't think so And you know I, I do think it's A fair point That people are making I think I, I'm with everybody Rangers Were outstanding last year They They Hardly put a foot wrong But there's no doubt You know Chris has mentioned it That James Tavernier Had a A, a piece in the programme Saying that they didn't deal with pressurised situations Yeah but I mean to be, to be fair if, if we're being accurate Today's not really about that I think no, you know that no, was no. in relation to Full House and, You know they, they were away There were no Rangers fans 
So did, did four What was it 4,000 Dundee United Are we meant to believe That that spooked Rangers today Well Is we're that... never going to know that Are we It's hard to, to prove that I suppose the time Where we can have the discussion Is at the end of the season Where you see how Rangers Deal with pressurised situations Hugh made the point Stephen Gerrard Has called on the Rangers fans On Tuesday night To make it a fortress And really spur the team on And you can see The good that that, that does in, in previous European campaigns They really get behind the team But I've been there Gordon When things aren't going well On a pitch In front of 60,000 And I I know how it can affect you at times So I, I Take Rangers out of it I think every team Will have a A bit of a challenge this season Getting To grips With having full houses And again And how their players Perform We, we chatted about like Some of the, the young players In this In this league Who haven't played in front of crowds How, how does it affect mm. them So It'll be interesting to see how it pans out I mean I get all of that Gordon But you know when When Rangers beat Braga In Europe When Rangers took on Porto in Europe And you know Feyenoord or whatever it was You know beating Porto 2-0 at Ibrox th- There were big crowds in there I, I'm, I get the point completely And we'll never escape it, it mm-hmm. But I feel like we're maybe in the trap Of thinking that Rangers, Rangers Have never won a game In front of a big crowd ever No, no and I think I think that Tavernier statement I'll come back to on him I think Tavernier was talking about And Mark said there about And he did uh, mention 60,000 people Celtic Park 50,000 people at Ibrox We've played there We've been there If you're not up to scratch The fans get to you Gets to the players Rangers have played Malmo away How many Rangers fans were there? They've played Dundee United away not, No Rangers fans So it's not like I'm I'm not It's one of those difficult ones isn't it? Time will tell I think that crowds spurred you on but, but, but That's the point, that's the the point I'm trying wagon. to make Time will not tell Because even if Rangers Have an absolute Stinking season It it might be an interesting theory But we'll still never know If that's the reason How are you meant to know It's one of those things You can't You can't calculate Yeah but I, I I'm not With the, the mindset Gordon That um, Rangers have started poorly Because of Fans are back in the ground Right See if it's 50,000 at Ibrox And They're playing Celtic In Aberdeen The first two home games Or Celtic Hearts Whatever you want to say and their mistakes getting made I can understand people pointing the finger I really can But just now um, It's up to these players to go and produce reform Remember the standards that they, they, they reached last year Sometimes it's very hard to do that again Thank you Chris 01419511025 Let's hear from Jim Goodwin today Defeat for St Mirren at home to Hearts They were down to 10 men as well Christian Dennis sent off Very frustrating I think um, The first 20 minutes we we didn't do well enough you know and uh, I think Hearts deservedly went in front at that moment in time um, it took us till after the goal to get the grips with the shape and the system and um, I felt after that we, we coped better and you know we we carried more of a threat ourselves you know there was too often one of the Hearts centre halves was stepping into midfield and making up that extra man and uh, we needed to release one of our midfielders a little bit sooner. We done that after that. We, uh, you know, asked Jamie McGrath to go and press the centre back and Alan Power to come up a little bit higher, and the back lads to squeeze the game. I felt we were just sitting a little bit too deep. We were a little bit too uh, cagey initially, and maybe you know showed Hearts a little bit too much respect, to be honest. Um, so, like I said, Hearts deserved the lead at half time. I thought second half we were better, and um, you know you could say that Hearts have obviously. Got their noses in front and they've got a, a lead that they can defend. But um, you know, I think we played the majority of the game in, in Hearts' territory. Um, the second goal is the bit that frustrates me most because you know Boyce is always wanting to shift that onto his stronger right foot. 
Um, we're too deep. We don't get out. We don't put enough pressure on the ball. We don't get a block in. And you know, I'm not going to be too critical of Jack Hannock because he's been one of our best players in the last you know last season without a shadow of a doubt. He, he was up there for player of the season. But um, you know, nine times out of ten, I think Jack would would save that. You know, it is what it is. Unfortunately, uh, Christians you know saw a bit of red mist and. Um, it looks as if he's caught herring on the side of the head. He's not a nasty player, Christian. His disciplinary record down through the years isn't bad. It's just one of those things where herring has stepped in front of him to try and block him, going to put pressure on the ball, and uh, you know, the referee sends him off. Uh, here's Robbie Nielsen's verdict on the same game. I've been pleased with the start of the season, but I keep emphasising the players. It's just a start. We had a really good League Cup campaign, which is... You know, I was to play Parkhead next Sunday, and then for two good results. I think it's I spoke about before the game. It's 2010, the last time we won down here, and it's a very difficult place to come and get three points. And we managed to do it. When you come down play against St. Mum, we watched a lot of them. I watched quite a bit of them last season as well. They, they're a strong team. They're just pretty. They've got a lot of cohesion in their team because they've they've kept the same team most of them. You know, for the last couple of years with German place and we just added one or two so that they, they all know each other's game you know they, they cause you a lot of problems because you get physicality and pace up front so it's always a tough place to come don't like complain too much about it but it, if you're in one day unacceptable you know especially when the first minute when you know, elbows in the face and you know the fourth official's five yards away and doesn't get anything you know so but it, Scottish football, you know, the flair players are going to get smashed. That's just what happens in Scottish football. In my opinion, I don't like it. You know, we did it 15, 20 years ago, but nowadays you shouldn't be doing it. You know, it's one of the reasons that, you know, it's getting better now, but when you get to Europe, you know, we're going, Scottish players are going to smash people and they get sent off. You know, so that chance for me is just like, not good enough. Gary's, Gary's a, technically a brilliant player. And only we, a lot of teams will stop him, he's just been trying to smash him. I know a couple of times it happened today, even the one where he gets injured there where I get booked, you know. But so the referee wants to referee it and we'll deal with it. Robbie Nielsen feeling Gary Mackay Stephen was on the receiving end of some harsh treatment. Mm. Uh, I thought the one that Gary Mackay Stephen eventually came off, I thought it looked accidental. Mm. Um that he just got clipped. But he's he's fairly strong in some of the points. Yeah, I didn't think it was an overly aggressive performance from St Mirren, but he's keeping his feet in the ground with what he says to his team. It's only the start of the season, a very good start, but a long way to go. Well, three points in front of Rangers and the top of the league. So it's been a hard old day for them, but they got there in the end and they go to Celtic Park a week tomorrow. Uh, as I say, the season's bubbling away nicely here. Yeah it certainly is It was another dramatic day In Scottish football It kicked off at Tannadice In the early game Dundee United won Rangers nil. What a way that was To kick off the weekend With a shock on the cards For most people St Mirren won Hearts 2 a bit later on In the Premiership With a whole host Of brilliant games Down the divisions As well As for tomorrow Well it's over to the teams That played in Europe Towards the tail end of the week Celtic up against Dundee Can Ange Postacoglu Get a first league win Will James McCarthy make his debut? Hibs against Ross County, Livy Aberdeen and St Johnston after their Galatasaray exploits up against Motherwell. A fascinating day in store tomorrow. We're back on Monday night at 6 o'clock to look back on it all, so make sure you join us. In the meantime, stay right there. Michael Smith, he's off the subs bench replacing George on the GBX tonight. 